The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshals is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshals, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple, to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have first-hand experience. Mosquito Marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshals online at mosquitomarshals.com. Mosquito Marshals, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshals. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Course in the co-host shares Brian Scott Rippy at BS Rippy on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already subscribed, break review talk of champions and iTunes. When you do, doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I'm back from Florida. I was gone for a week. It was a pretty good time. Rippy, Colin filled in for me for a show. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, I'm also back from Florida. It was a good time. I don't know about you at the beach, but after like, like I went for I guess four days, and after like three, it's kind of like all right, I'm kind of getting ready to back to like routine and normalcy. It's great, but like I went Saturday to Saturday, and I was over it pretty quickly. 
there were a couple of big developments while I was gone in my personal life. Um, Ole Miss, obviously, a lot of bigger developments, especially in this state. We'll talk about the state flag change and all that kind of stuff that happened. It's an historic time in Mississippi. But one night I'm going to run because my diet got ruined as I'm in Florida. So I'm trying to work out to make myself feel better for eating or doubling up on ice cream. And uh, as I'm standing there in front of the gym, walking by me, Atlanta Braves third baseman Austin Riley. And I just look up. I'm like, hey, Austin, what's up, man? How you doing? Like I knew the guy. Like we were best friends. He said, hey, how you doing, man? Good to see you, whatever. And I started to call you and Bennett and a few other people because I thought it was cool. And he comes back, and Bennett's on the phone with me. And Bennett's listening to this. And I just have a conversation with Austin Riley. We just talked about North Mississippi and how baseball is back, how he's about to report. That was the positive. It ended, did my trip, on a very negative note, some family drama. And when family drama ends a trip, you know it's time to come home. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's usually just the kind of best to go your separate ways. and Because uh, there is an element of family vacation to where you are all cooped up in the same com- confined space. And so if things go awry, being in said confined space with people you don't normally spend that much time in said confined space with usually just kind of adds fuel to the fire. I was with the in-laws for a week. I guess it was bound to happen, but it was frustrating <laughs> because I think I've done a pretty good job of tampering down my anger issues and my ability to blow up quickly. Um, but it didn't matter in this situation, and so it ended on that note. So I was glad to come home, and I was glad to come home to good news about the state flag. It's changed. It's over. I asked David Sanders, former Ole Miss point guard, now the head coach of Callaway, who's coming up on the Modern Woman phone line about the flag change. Also, Deshaun Ruffin, Demencio Vaughn, the Provine Posse. We had a great conversation. It's probably one of my favorite conversations I've done since we started doing Talk of Champions a couple of years ago. But a big, big historic time for Mississippi. The flag is coming down. And regardless of whether or not you're for or against the flag coming down, I think everyone recognizes resolution was necessary. It had to happen, and it had to happen quickly. This could not have been something that dragged past session to January, whatever the timeline was. More negative headlines, more negative attention paid to Mississippi. The flag should have come down years ago, if you ask me. But I know people are passionate about it. But now that it's done, I think Mississippi can move forward. And one thing that has been used against Mississippi, whether you want to deny it or not, one thing that's been used against Mississippi, that flag and how Mississippi is the bastion for all things Confederate celebratory nonsense, it's gone. It's gone. It can't be used in recruiting. It can't be used to negatively impact the state. And now we can start to prominently display and broadcast and market the positives about this state because this state is a good state. And it's nice to see that we're not being mocked over something that could have easily turned into a very ugly situation. It happened, and it happened quickly. Pretty much agree on all fronts. Are you surprised it happened quickly? Because I was not. But last week when Colin and I filled in for you, Colin had some reservations about whether this was going to actually happen just because, you know, I mean, not just Mississippi government, but any sort of heated type of government debate or whatever, trying to get something passed that's a controversial or hot button issue uh, usually takes time and people drag their feet and, and things like that. But I just I just never saw a world where Ole Miss next 
May, assuming they have a good baseball season or state can be included in this too, is driving to Hoover or Memphis to host a regional because of a piece of cloth. Like I just, I just never realistically saw that happening. And it probably shouldn't take sports and athletics. And you know, Kylan Hill's been a big voice in this as well, the Mississippi State running back. It probably shouldn't take sports to get this kind of process expedited, but it did. And who cares how it happened because it did happen. But I, I wasn't surprised so as maybe somewhere is how fast this did move. But good on them for doing it. I was shocked, completely shocked that it moved so quickly because I expected more vocal and um, strong opposition to it. But I think the voices pro-take-the-flag-down overwhelmed any kind of negative pushback that the flag staying up otherwise would have gotten or defense of the flag staying up would have otherwise gotten. But you bring up a really good point. Kylan Hill stepping up, the SEC commissioner coming out strong, the NCAA, the eight major universities having administrators and coaches go to the Capitol, and lobby for change. Sports shouldn't be a mover and a shaker, but it is. That's just the reality of, of the culture that we live in. This flag should have come down just based on common decency and empathy. Not to say that people that wanted to keep it aren't empathetic. That's not what I'm saying. I think sometimes, though, our own personal feelings toward things can cloud how it affects others. It's that we don't abide by the golden rule. So things get stuck. Big fundamental change gets stuck. It goes nowhere. And the one thing that people, no matter what you believe, politically, religiously, what one thing people agree on is not having sports sucks and sports leaders are more important in your state as far as their voice and the influence that they carry than your legislators. Name me four legislators in Mississippi. Four. You can't. <laughs> if you're listening to this, put your phone away. Don't Google. Name me four. The one you probably know the best is Cindy Hyde-Smith. And you know Cindy Hyde-Smith for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to say, are you talking about, I, I had Cindy Hyde-Smith, Chris McDaniel. Hmm. Yeah. This is bad. Oh, Benny Thompson, the representative, uh, U.S. representative from Jackson. It isn't easy. Br no, it's not. The other one I was going to say, Briggs Hobson. He's from Vicksburg, but the other reason uh, I know him is because our parents are friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to name the people that represent you in the state, be it on the national or statewide level. It's hard. When Mississippi does get put into the news, typically – it's bad. It's good to see why. And, and, and there, of course, there are the people that come out and say, oh, well, good on you, Mississippi. The Civil War ended. Of course, there are people like that because there are, are people out there. And look, I, I put it out there on Twitter. I defended Ole Miss and Rebels, and I said it on Twitter. I'm a left-leaning moderate. There are people that expect you to atone, but the apology isn't enough or the change isn't enough. Nothing is ever enough. And that's frustrating. And this cancel culture that we're in is not only toxic, but it's far-reaching and no one is safe. And even the good things that happen, like the Mississippi state flag being changed, is met not with, good on you, Mississippi, it's, 
Well, yeah, Mississippi, about time you still suck. There is never a time to be celebrated. It's always living in the shit, and that's frustrating because this is an historic time for Mississippi. Mississippi brought down a flag that had the Confederate emblem broadcast for everyone and God to see forever. It did impact recruiting. It did impact how African Americans saw this state. David Sanders is going to touch on it. I can't speak to that experience. He can. But it did have an effect economically. Businesses coming to this state. The NCAA was not going to allow you to host regionals. But coming out strong made sports again show and prove that it's a mover. It's a shaker. And yes, sports shouldn't be what brings about change like this. But it is because what we value in this country is whether or not we can watch sports. So however we got here, who cares? Progress was made. What is frustrating is Blake Henson citing the flag as a reason behind him transferring to Iowa State, which is simply not true. He met with Kermit. They had a disagreement about playing time and minutes and guarantees. Blake transferred. I think Kermit did a car wash kind of deal with ESPN Radio, and he, and he talked about it. He was asked about Blake Henson, and Blake Henson citing the flag as a reason for his transfer. That was never brought up in that meeting. I'm all for players using every mechanism at their disposal to get eligible, to control their future, to control their situation. I'm all for it. But for any national media out there that is jumping on that, as a way to perpetuate a narrative of, about the flag, about this story, and, and about the progress that has been made, you're wrong. He left because of playing time and not getting the minutes and the starting time he thought he was going to get. Use it, Blake. Good for you. Whatever. I don't agree with it. I mean, you came to this school under that flag. It wasn't a problem then. It was a problem suddenly. Coaches can move however they want. Players should be able to, too. So good for you. I hope you're immediately eligible at Iowa State. But for all those people that are jumping on that and using that as a way to perpetuate a narrative about Mississippi and the progress made with the state flag coming down, that's the kind of corrosive stuff that's just exhausting and has to stop. Progress can just be progress, and we can celebrate it without Debbie Downers coming in and saying, oh, yeah, well, you know what? You're still Mississippi. I agree. I, but I agree with, like, so to me, the Henson thing, you brought up two interesting things because the cancel co culture conversation is fascinating. But first, the Henson thing, I don't blame Blake Henson at all. Like, this is the system's fault and the rules that are in place to get kids eligible. Because it's the Justin Fields situation at Georgia. Someone hurled a racial slur in the stands that there's no way on the field and 70,000 people at Sanford Stadium he could have heard it. But he used it so he didn't have to waste a year of his college career to adhere to some stupid arbitrary rule and get eligible immediately. So, like, using these loopholes, I don't blame this kid at all. I'm not, like, like if I, like I, would, if I were an Ole Miss fan, I guess I would be frustrated by, like, you know, him using that and it's sh shedding the state and the university or whatever in a poor light or whatever, but you can't blame him. He's doing like what the rules allow him to do to get eligible immediately. And he should. And to your point about the national media thing, taking that and running with it, I haven't seen that, but that's mostly just because I've been unplugged for a week. I'm not saying it's not there, but if you're doing that at this point, you're just blatantly being obtuse 
or disingenuous because you've seen case after case of this, whether it's Justin Fields or the five or six others that I can't think of right now that that happened that they're using it to get eligible. Everyone knows why he cited the state flag as a reason for leaving. Everyone knows what he's doing and why he's doing it. His intent, his intent isn't even malicious. He's just trying to get eligible. And if anyone writing or reporting like at face value that he was intimidated by the flag or the flag was the reason for him leaving is just being disingenuous on yeah, purpose. Just, like you, I mean, you can't honestly believe that at this point. You've seen too many examples of it. But again, can't blame Henson. I would do the same thing if I were in his shoes. If that loophole is available to me, I'm using it because I don't want to sit out and not play basketball for a year because breaking news, basketball players like playing basketball. Use it. Go for it. Be immediately eligible. You should get a one-time immediate eligibility anyway if you transfer. They were actually going to do this, and then they tabled it. So good for him. It's just incorrect if you don't provide the context of what actually happened. Everything we've said in the last 20 minutes, I think all ties into like one thing really, or ties in together. It's it's like the social media aspect. Cause you mentioned the cancel culture thing and the Debbie Downer of being like, congrats Mississippi, the civil war ended in 1865. Congrats on finally coming around. Like, I don't even think Pete, the person, the miserable person that like puts that type of stuff out there actually believes that they just want 1.5 K retweets. Cause it looks cool to have that next to your little heart name, like shocker. Hey, spoiler alert, that's not even enough to fill up a section at a football stadium. Like, nothing you're saying is profound. It just yeah. looks cool online. But it's the same thing with the non-apology people, or the apology's not good enough. Like, Mike Gundy's thing. Like, he said something, some dumb stuff. You know, he wore the OAN shirt. He apologized for it. Appeared, actually, I thought his apology was very good. Appeared very contrite. But the in the mob cycle, the, the section of it to where the apology's never going to be good enough. Mike Gundy could have said... I am so sorry, and in fact, I am so sorry, I'm going to take my truck and I'm going to drive it off a mountain to just rid myself of this earth. Uh, that way, everyone else can be better off without me. And someone would have said, well, you could have given the truck to someone. <laughs> so, like, it's just never good enough for anybody. And it's, it, it, it's disingenuous, and it's all for social media clout and popularity and all that stuff because even the opinions aren't genuine like like no the person that says congrats mississippi it took you long enough doesn't actually believe that they just want to be the contrarian because you yes. can't actually be mad at that situation and it's just it's not exhausting and frustrating and i think twitter and social media in general like everything else this that has had this much influence on society has been regulated in some way and we've learned more about it before just letting everyone do it like social media just came along and everyone gets an account and it just happened. And there's just so much misinformation and it's so out of control. I just wish like social media had become more regulated before, like everyone was allowed to use it. Cause yeah. now, you know, Justin six, nine, eight, four, five, two can put on an egg emoji and say whatever the hell he wants. And if he has a tweet go viral, people now think he's popular and smart. It makes no sense. Look, I went on Twitter and posted screenshots of my defense of Ole Miss and Rebels. It was a message board post on my message board. It was not a report. It was not reporting. It was not a story. None of these things. I apologized. I edited the message board post. And it still wasn't enough for some Virginia Tech fans, including one kid directly said to me, Oh, just take your apology and shove it. <laughs> and they were tagging 247 and Shannon Terry. and all. When are you going to get... Ben Garrett to issue an apology 
about Lane Stadium. I mean, my God. My God. It's never enough, man. It's this victim culture shit, right? That everybody is coming for you. The government's using masks to control you. Defund the police means getting rid of all police and leaving all the lawlessness to, you know, fend for itself. That's not what defund the police means. I don't agree with the term defund the police. What defund the police means is a reallocation of the billions of money that is poured into police forces and putting it in areas, low-income areas, schools, providing opportunity. And if you provide opportunity for those disenfranchised and those lower-income people, they get the opportunity and the crime goes down. We're not talking about getting rid of policemen. No one wants to get rid of policemen. And you know what's actually really difficult right now? I agree that the police have too much on them. We expect too much out of our police. There's not one single solitary source that says, hey, you know what? These are what the facts are. This is what we need to do. And this is when kickoff is. That's all I'm looking for. That's it. Do I need to book a flight for Reliance Stadium or not? That's it. Blake Kinson, good on you. You use the flag to get a immediate eligibility waiver. I hope it works. I really do. For you assholes yep. out there that are saying, well, good on you, Mississippi, but hey, the Civil War was... A- Shut it. It's never enough for y'all. Mississippi made the move, and they did it quickly. I thought it was going to drag out, and they did it quickly. Good for Mississippi. It's a great day for Mississippi. It's simply about moving forward and making our state the state that we already know it to be. An inclusive, great, wonderful place to live. One that David Sanders lives in and has lived in his entire life, and he's been all around the world, and he chooses Mississippi to live in. Yeah, agreed. It's your social media. I mean, whether it comes to distrust of the media in general or all of this type of stuff, you can't have nuance in 240 characters. And so, like, it just it, it ruins all nuance out the door. It breeds tribalism, too. you got to be way left or way right. Like, you got to pick a side, and neutrality doesn't move the needle. You can't get that 1.2K likes little cool sign next to uh, a fairly neutral statement. <laughs> it's just insane. Oh, welcome back from Florida. Oh, God. you get to play golf? No. Uh, yeah. That was more of a lack of organization on the uh, crew I traveled with. We, we took our clubs down, and they never left the car. Um, not the most organized trip I've ever been on. You'll be shocked to learn that my clubs never left the car either, and that whole uh, Father's Day gift of buying me a round of golf in Florida didn't happen. Uh, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But it ended on such a high note. Such a high note. I'm concerned about sports. I really am. Because college administrators, they're going to do everything they can to get a season. But man, we're going the wrong way if we're wanting sports back. Yeah, I talked to someone involved with high school football in Mississippi today. And uh, that is a sentiment that was shared and appears to be shared among many. That it's just kind of like, one, what are we doing and how the hell are we going to do this? And in between those two statements, there's a whole lot of skepticism. I'm worried. I'm really, really worried. So what's the plan? (laughs) There is none. That's the problem. But can you blame people for not having, like, so should should there be better preparation and a little more organization? Absolutely. But can you also, like, be expecting a complete and total concrete plan? 
because this is a virus that we've never seen before, and we haven't had a pandemic like this since 1920. And I'm looking around, don't see too many people that were alive then. Like, it's more just an organization thing. Or maybe at this point you should have a plan. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying I get it's a difficult situation, but at the same time, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing? And if you made me guess right now, 25% capacity in Walt Hemingway Stadium. It's better than no sports, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what they're going to do in Houston. What's the point of hosting that game in Houston if nobody can come? Yeah, I mean, I guess you get a little bit of an advantage if they decide to open it at full capacity. But yeah, it doesn't really, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of a point to hosting that game there. Um, Other than that, that stadium's really cool and their press amenities are really nice, but no one cares about that. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Brian Scott Rippy at BS Rippy. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, and for the 247 Sports. David Johnson starting back work on Wednesday. Get fired up. Get fired up. Coming back to the Ole Miss Spirit after his fight with COVID that almost killed them. It's an awesome thing. Glad to have David back. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. Also available on SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Going to go now to the Modern Women phone line for a long, long discussion with David Sanders, former Ole Miss basketball guard, currently the head coach of Callaway Boys basketball team. And Ole Miss just got the best player off that team, Stashawn Ruffin, top 50 player for the class of 2021. Thanks, Rippy. I'll see you soon. Sounds good. But before we get to David, let's hear from Modern Woodman and BNA Bank. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman Phone Line, it's David Sanders. Former Ole Miss basketball guard, now the head coach at Callaway. Entering your eighth year, man. Eighth year, David. What's up? Yeah, man. I just recently had my 40th birthday, man. So things are starting to get real for me. Uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, a lot to cover with you, obviously. First and foremost, recently, Ole Miss got a commitment from your star guard, top 50 prospect, Deshaun Ruffin. If I were a college or a professional evaluator, 
What would be your scouting report of Deshaun? Um, I, I think the main thing that um, stands out to me with Deshaun is his ability and his knack for just making big-time plays, man. And, you know, you're talking about a guy that can do anything on the basketball floor. You know, at 5'10", he can dunk the ball. I mean, he's a great defender. He can rebound the ball the best of them. I mean, he, he just can do it all, man. And I think a lot of times – Look at a guy like him, and he gets overlooked because he's under six feet. But if he was about six one, six two, he'd be the number one player in the country. Wouldn't he be close. But uh, I think the main thing is he does a lot of things that you can't coach, and I think that's the most things that when you talk to different college coaches, they're looking for that. I mean, because certain things you can coach, but when he has that innate ability to just make those plays that aren't there, you know, I think that that's what stands out the most to me with Deshaun and then the fact that, you know, he's just a regular kid and just love playing the game. You know, he's not this superstar walking around, not talking to people, but, you know, he's interacting, he's having fun. I mean, he's just enjoying himself, you know, and enjoying his experience at Callaway. And uh, God God bless us to be able to win the championship this year and actually did it on, you know, on my alma mater's home floor. So it was just a great thing. And uh, Deshaun I always had a good rapport with Coach Davis and, you know, so I just I just think everything worked out for him well. But as far as what they're getting, they're getting a guy that's gonna pretty much set the pavilion on fire, man. He's 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 a dynamic player, and he's one that you know he's gonna sell tickets for you. Does he remind you of anyone in particular? I tell you what, when I first saw him, and I first was trying to describe him to people who really thought I was just over exaggerating because I had just had Malik Newman, and I told him <laughs> I, I found the next Malik Newman. And they were like, "Yeah, right. You only get one of those every ten years." So, but I, my my way of describing him was, you know, he's a he has a high, he has a Kyrie Irving type handle to his game with a Russell Westbrook type explosiveness. And and you know, when you mix those two things there, I mean, I think it kind of puts you know puts you in the mind of what he does best. You know, he's a guy that his size you don't find many guys that can finish over seven footers and 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 you know go up and try to dunk on you and make those plays at the rim. But at the same time, he's he's just so dynamic with that ball in his hand. He can get to where he wants to go. And I think on the difference, I think, for me on the college level will be he's going to have a great player at every position around him. And so it'll be much less likely for you to see him be able to get double teams. It's hard to double team a guy in college. And with him playing, having one-on-one matchups, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be crazy. I watched him this past summer. He was a second-lead scorer on the Nike circuit, the EYBL circuit, uh, as an underclassman. He was playing up with the 17 you guys, the seniors, and he was a second-lead scorer on the whole circuit. And he got double-teamed every game. And, and, you know, it was amazing to see even the, the one game that he didn't get double-teamed with the game, that he had 51 points at 8 o'clock in the morning uh, against the New York Renaissance, who had a you know a couple great players of their own, right? John Kamonga, I think, is the number one player in the country now. In that, in that junior class, so I mean, and that was against his team, so I mean, so just his ability, man, to just turn it on and go lights out, man, it, it's just something that, you know, that you don't see every day. What was his recruitment like? He's a top 50 player, and obviously he has all the accolades, but to be in it with him, what was it like for him? Well, to be honest, it was kind of weird. Deshaun is a different kid. With Malik, Malik knew the process. You know, his dad had been through it as a player, so he kind of, you know, everything was was kind of already rehearsed in him. He was he was real good with the process. He knew he knew how to play the game. Deshaun, 
was so it was so foreign to him that I, I never really think he actually enjoyed the process of getting recruited. I think he even with the early commitment to Auburn, I think it was more so the fact that it just was it was something that he didn't want to do. He didn't want to talk to coaches every single day. He didn't want to go on visits all every other weekend and those things didn't really interest him. They shine as a, he loves the city of Jackson. He loves Mississippi and he just likes to be at home. And, um, you know, I've been on a couple of trips with him and, you know, and even when we go out of town and play ball as a team, they sound just ready to get back home. He's a homebody type of guy. And so, you know, that doesn't fit well with a kid that's, you know, a top 20 recruit in the country that's getting calls from pretty much every school in the South, you know, and he, he never was really enamored with the recruiting process. And so, you know, it's just been strange, man. You know, I think people kind of, you know, looked at him going to Ole Miss as it was my doing. But to be honest, I, first of all, between him and Domencio, these are the first two players I've coached in 12 years of coaching that ever went to Ole Miss. Hmm. And I've had some really good players. I have guys that had guys had a guy go to West Virginia. I had one in Kansas with Malik. And I had uh, Temple University, Fish. I had guys all over the country, you know. And uh, I never had a guy to Ole Miss. So, I mean, it's it, it, it's not like I'm just shifting guys to my alma mater, but um, it's been something that's came close, but I just let them make their own decision. And for him, it was just a relationship with Coach Davis and, and how he how his visit went. He had a good time on his visit. He felt at home, and he just felt like he could play basketball on the highest level, you know, in his own state and be close to home, and, and that's just something that he, he couldn't pass up on that opportunity. And actually, to be honest, that was the reason why I chose Ole Miss. You know, it came down to Ole Miss State to me because – you know, I felt like I wanted to be in my own home state and represent my home state. You know, we have so many guys that go out. You know, we had a Rodney Hood that was at Duke, and you know, Jamin Brickfield out now. He's gonna he's gonna be a Duke player. You got guys that's played in Kentucky, Kansas, and to put all those guys together at a Mississippi school, I think you would have a Kentucky or a Kansas because we have some really good talent come out of this state. But I think a lot of guys end up leaving the state. And, um, you know, so I just, I'm glad to see, you know, he's going to be here. He's going to be playing where he, the people that's been watching him play can drive two hours and continue to watch him play ball. I mean, so like I said, it's going to be a great atmosphere. You touched on it, and I think it's a really great point. Um, and you don't, you're not the only one that deals with this, but former players for particular universities, now coaches in the state, you have to fight off that stigma that you're directing kids to a certain place. So for you – you touched on it. What role do you take in the recruitment of your players? What What do you try to be for them? Well, the main thing for me, I try to be give them an influence of a guy that's been through the process and a guy that can kind of sift through the good, the bad, and the ugly of the whole process. So, you know, I, I, my players will tell you, I don't lie to them. I don't sugarcoat them. If I don't feel like they're a high division one player, I tell them. You know, you got guys, you know, that went to the NBA that wasn't high division one players. You know, they, they, they developed when they got to that level. Guys like a Scottie Pippen or even a Devin George that played with the Lakers that was a D3 player. I mean, but you have to find your level. And I tell them all the time, you got to be water. Water finds its own level. And so when you find your level, you're able to develop. But a lot of guys may may go a step too high and end up not really playing and then they end up transferring down, back down to a smaller school. And kids are so fragile these days that their confidence means everything to them. So with me, it's just about being a, 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 a constant voice to them and letting them have a place where they can come and they know they're going to get the truth. Because a lot of it, you know, I mean, you, you've seen it. A lot of it is just smoke and mirrors, man. You tell the kid what you need to tell them to get them on campus, and then they start from square one. I mean, but for them, I just always want them to know that 
you have to find the best place possible for your game and for what you are doing. And from there, that gives you a chance. Because my thing is, this, I know these guys, all these guys that play ball, even just like we were, we all want to get to the NBA or make money playing basketball. That was our goal. And so with that being the goal for them, you know, even though school is, is, is great and, and I got a degree from Ole Miss, I'm actually working on my master's now at Ole Miss. And that's a great thing. You always want to get there. But for anybody in a, any profession, the goal is to go pro. And um, I try to get them in positions to where, you know, they can have the right information so when they make a decision, it's an, it's an informed decision. When do you think Ole Miss had him? When do you think they won out? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, and and it's, it might sound a little harsh, but, I mean, it's just me, man. I'm, uh, I I don't think a lot, of, a lot of schools really did a great job of recruiting nation. I don't know for whatever reason, but, you know, I'm a high school coach. I don't know, but. I think when he really kind of made up his mind was when he made it to the state championship game and it was at the pavilion and the only school that was there was Ole Miss. Coach Davis and Coach K stayed back. They had a game. I think they were playing state the next day or maybe, I don't know if it was, I think it was the next day. And so, uh, but they were, they stayed there to watch the game and he, they should have noticed that that was the only school that was on his list that actually came to his championship game. And he asked me about that. And I said, well, I mean, I don't understand. I have no idea. I don't know why guys wouldn't get out to come watch you play in a game that's the biggest game of your career. And he put on a flat-out show. I mean, he he had a great game. And uh, it was just, you know, between that and I think early on, he kind of liked Kentucky. And so he had a chance to play in front of Coach Calipari as a ninth grader. He didn't play well. It hurt hurt him really bad. And then this past year, we played in Kentucky at a tournament, and he had a chance to play in front of Cal again against uh, the Moosley kid that's one of the top ten kids in the country who was a seven-footer, a good friend of Deshaun. They went to the elite camp together. And so Deshaun put on a flat out. I mean, the best game I've seen him play. I think he might have missed three three shots the whole game. Just put on a show. And – you know, Coach Cal didn't blink. And so, like I told him, I said, Deshaun, you got to understand, like, Calipari doesn't recruit guards that, you know, that are under 6'3 anymore. He just didn't do it. Tyler Eulis was the last one. And so, it's not a – I don't I was him don't take it personal, but my thing to him was there is a spot for you. The leading scorer in the country this year was the same size as Deshaun, uh, Marcus Howard, and he played at Marquette. I mean, so – it's just about going to the place that's the right fit. So I think once he got over that hurt of not being recruited by the quote-unquote blue bloods, you know, he kind of locked in on the schools on his list. And then once he got to the championship game, and he saw that Ole Miss was the only school that was actually at his championship game. And um, and I didn't help that some of those schools went to other guys' championship game and didn't come to his, that they were recruiting. So, you know, him finding that out, it kind of just made it plain for him. And he, from that point, it was, it was Ole Miss's race to lose. We'll get right back to David Sanders, former Ole Miss basketball guard, the current head coach of Callaway Men's Basketball, after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. We're all doing whatever we can to survive quarantine, right? It can be tough. We're making purchases to keep our sanity, to keep us happy. Maybe you're going on Amazon, hitting add to cart, purchase. Maybe, just maybe, you're in the market for a new car. And if you are, I know the place you should go. The only place you should go. And that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. But what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership 
as Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. If I myself have not had a personal experience with any sponsor, they're not going to be on this podcast. And my longest relationship is with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Why? Because I can't say enough good things about Brian and Mason and the rest of the team. I don't like to haggle. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like the whole process of buying a car. With Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, you can avoid all of that. They're looking out for you. So give them a call today, 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, the only place to find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Self-isolation, quarantine, has brought about its own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, they've earned your trust. You can count on them. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization immunizations compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. Give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. We've all got our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Another former player of yours, Demencio Vaughn. He's now an Ole Miss Rebel. What do you think of the fit, and how do you think he improved his game at Ryder, being a transfer and coming over and getting a year to play in his home state? Well, I think, um, and it's crazy because when Demencio played for me, I, I, I kind of, you know, I had a conversation with Coach Kennedy about, you know, recruiting Demencio, and I think at the time they had TD, who's a great player. He had him coming in, and so, you know. Uh, but my thing with him was Demencio was just such a dynamic player. You're talking about a guy on a college level that can literally play the one through five. I mean, he could do that. I mean, and he was he was a strange kid to, kid to coach for me because he's the only kid I ever had to coach that I had to teach him how not to be so aggressive. You know, he's just a he's a super aggressive guy. He's a hyper guy, energy guy, and then he brings that New York flavor to the to the game. He can handle the ball. He can pass. I mean. It's it's just an exciting brand of basketball that he plays, and he is still to this day my favorite player that I've ever I've ever coached because I, it was just nothing about him that was regular. Like he's the only guy that I ever coached that I never fussed at about blocking out because he never he never needed to. I mean, he would just stand there and he would jump up and go get rebounds. And I always tell guys, if you are good at doing something the way you do it, I won't bother you. If you can make shots from half court, stand out there and make them. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you to get closer if you can make that shot. Or if you're a guy that rebounds, you don't have to block guys out. You just go up and grab the rebound. And he would, at, early on, he would, it would frustrate me, but I had to watch him and realize, wait a minute, what am I fussing about? He's actually getting the job done. And so, you know, <laughs> once I stepped back and kind of just watched him and let him let him play off, I mean, that guy is an unbelievable player. I mean, he's just his energy level is so high. And I think we kind of, I watching the games, and when I say we, I'm speaking of Ole Miss. I think we kind of lacked toughness at that at that three four spot last year. We had some really talented players, but I think we kind of got bullied at times from guys at the, at those spots, the Isaac Coros and and the different guys that play that spot. And I think Demencio was a guy that can come in and and, and really play tough because I think 
between uh, him coming in now and, and the space we had between TD leaving and going to the Raptors, I think we lost a little toughness at that three spot. So, you know, he's going to come in, and even the other guys that we got transferring in, I think it's going to be a great year for Ole Miss basketball. I mean, you got Romello White, who's another transfer that had a great year. And, um, you know, you got the Matthew Morrell kid out of Tennessee, who I've seen is just an unbelievable athlete. And, um, you know, and then, of course, Jarkel, who I felt like should have never got out of the state in the first place. He's a dynamic scorer, man, can really put the ball in the hole. And so you kind of plug him in that spot that, you know, that Brian left him such a big hole. So, I mean, I think Coach Davis is doing a wonderful job of recruiting and then getting Deshaun in there. I really, what I really wanted was I wanted, I wanted Deshaun and Demisio to have a chance to play together. Yeah, right. We, we're going to miss that by a year. That would have been great for me as a coach to see. But, you know, at the same time, I just having those guys here and, and being able to come up the highway and know I can come watch Demisio play again at a school he actually wants to play, play for in the first place. I mean, I think it's going to be a great thing, and I think the fans are going to absolutely love him. How has he grown, in your opinion? I think the main thing with Demisio is shoots the three a little bit better now but I think uh, more so with him is just maturity off the court he had some some issues early on at Ryder you know some things off the court and I think well even he had to sit out some games at one point and uh just in talking to him at that time and talking to his mom I think he's really grown from there and he learned a lot about the business side of college basketball and just understanding that he is his own brand and so I think him at this point you know being a being a grad student and you know, working on his masters, I think he's he'll be a lot more focused on, you know, just 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 strictly playing basketball and and kind of just shying away from those things off the court that are, you know, that that sometimes you can get caught up in. So I think that's the main growth he's made. He's just become more of a young man. All right. So now these days, do people know you more as David Sanders, head coach of Callaway, or do they remember the Provon Posse? I tell you what, I tell you a real funny story. I was having a conversation with Deshaun and some other team, uh, other um, players the other day. Uh, right, it was it was probably right before the quarantine here, right before the championship. I was sitting down talking to them, and, and uh, I had to convince them that I could dunk a ball from the free throw line. I had to actually make calls and get and get guys to vouch for me to tell them that that, that that was something that I used to do. And it was a strange thing because some of the guys, I used to end up talking to a teammate of mine from junior college, and I hadn't talked to him in well over 10 years. And I got his number, and I called him. I got it right there. I hunted him down right there, sent him a message on social media, got his number, called him. The very first thing he said when he called, man, I was just thinking about the other day when you jumped on the free throw line and dunked over a guy. Yeah, and, and they were like, and my play, and the players were like, "No, you playing this, coach? There's no way you hadn't talked to that man all this time." And that's the first thing he says when you talk to him, and it's just trying to convince these guys. I mean, I was shocked at how many guys on my team don't even didn't even know who Michael Jordan was. Like they didn't know anything about. It. They knew his name, but they had no idea. You know, watching the, the the Last Dance documentary, they would come back and and call me and coach. He really did that. That really happened. The flu game happened. Like, so y'all really didn't know this. Like, it's unbelievable to me that this generation really doesn't know the guys that before them. I actually had, was talking to Mo Williams the other day, who's a coach at Alabama State now, and just trying to get him to understand. Like, I even telling guys about him. Like, these guys don't really, they don't really study the game like we did. And so, you know, that's been my fight for years, trying to get those guys. Because, you know, I can still play a little bit, but the, the jumping side of it has been gone. 
And my players just, they don't have any clue how high I used to jump as a basketball player. And they just, and they still don't believe it. They, you know, when I tell you, yeah, right, coach. Yeah, right. And so, you know, it's, it's funny to me to think, because I never thought a day would come where I couldn't dunk a basketball. And that day has has come and passed. So, you know, it's just, uh, you know, getting older, man. But I'm, I'm enjoying it, man. I've had some friends. Some, you know, Justin Reed's one of them. And my college roommate from junior college, some some, some really good guys that, that have passed on, God rest their souls. And, um you know, it's a blessing to get older, man. You know, things do change, but at the same time, you know, you get older and you get wiser and, you know, you get to see the next generation come up. And I'm glad to be a part of that, glad to be able to coach some of the young guys like Deshaun and see them reach their full potential. And that's what coaching is for me when I got into it. I didn't know if I would like it or not, but I think Jarvis Summers was actually the first player I ever coached. And just seeing his development, pulling him to the side and working with him, that let me know that, okay, well, I can do this. You know, I can affect a guy's game. And that kind of that kind of became intoxicating to me, just seeing guys getting better. And that part of the coaching that, that I never want to get away from, I always want to be able to help players develop. It's different for me now, too. You know, I cover Ole Miss for a living, but I grew up in New Albany, Mississippi, in a family that had a dad that took me to every Ole Miss game, including Ole Miss basketball. So the Provine Posse – Y'all were a celebrity group for my generation. I'm 33. You know, I'm not far away from you. And all I could think about back then was getting an Aaron Harper jersey who would make the threes or David would jump from the free throw line or Justin Reed just dominated everybody in the post. And, and I think you're right. You know, now I want to pull I want to pull Deshaun to the side or Dementia and be like, guys, y'all don't understand. This is the group that took Ole Miss to the greatest accomplishment in school history, and that's the Sweet 16. I mean, y'all were y'all were celebrities. Y'all, that team, for me and for many in my group from 1982 to 1996, I guess we're the millennials. Y'all were the group. Mm-hmm. Y'all are the ones that were Ole Miss basketball. Yeah, I think that uh, when I tell my guys this all the time, uh, you know, we had billboards in Jackson. You know, they put up billboards with, with us three on there, you know, talking about coming to the game and, you know, and even uh, every now and then, you know, I would see a van as a Comcast van, and you know, Comcast actually put me on the side of their van, and uh, I would see the van from time to time. And I remember riding with one of my children, and they saw, "Hey, Daddy, that's you on the van." And so, you know, just I mean, just understanding what we when you look back on it, and uh, and I actually got a chance to watch our DVD from that year recently, and one of the assistant coaches at Ole Miss sent me a copy of it. And just looking back on what we were able to accomplish, man, it was it was an amazing time in Ole Miss basketball. And, you know, just, just coming in, even when Coach Evans got it started off in that group and just carrying over, man. And we took so much pride in, in playing for Ole Miss and, and, and going out there and just shocking the world with some of those teams, you know, because you understand, like Kentucky's, Florida's, you know, those schools meant nothing to us. Like we, we knew we were going to beat them. I mean, it was, it was, it was just, it was no doubt in our mind. And, and I think at that time in Ole Miss basketball, that mentality wasn't a part of the program until we came in because we we didn't feel like we were supposed to be losing to those schools. We were, we were upset if we did lose to them. And so the shift in mentality started then with us just, know, you know, winning the West and making it to the Sweet 16. And I still feel like to this day we should have beat that Arizona team. Yep. We kind of had a drought there late in the game that kept scoring that kind of caught up with us. But we were up on those guys 12, 13 points, man. And that was a, a team for the first-round picks. You know, I tell people all the time about being able to match up with Gilbert Arenas and holding him to eight points. You know, and my kids, they didn't, they don't really – I had to show them that film. But, but understanding that 
you know, what we accomplished in this state, man, I got a lot of, a lot of pride behind being a Mississippi guy. And, uh, you know, I actually been able to accomplish something that's never been accomplished in the state. I'm the only person in state history that's won player of the year and coach of the year. And so, you know, just having been on both sides of this spectrum, man, it's, it's a blessing for me. And, uh, you know, I, I love Ole Miss, man. I, you know, even with all everything that's going on now, you know, I tell people all the time, I never had one bad experience up there. You know, I always had a great time. It was always a situation where you always felt love everywhere you went. And I know I was an athlete. You know, I don't know if it was like that for everybody, but I know it was for me. So I can only speak to my experiences and my teammates' experiences and what we experienced. And that's what I tell all these parents because I get the question sometimes, you know, well, what about, you know, this? What about that? And my question and my thing to them is, and Breland Speaks is another guy. He had a chance to share his, you know, his inspiration with one of the football players at the school, like Coach Callaway. And he told him the same thing. Look, I never had a bad experience at home. It's a great school. Those are, it's great people. They are going to cheer and lead the game just as tired as you are from, from the effort they put out cheering for you. And it's a, it's a hard place to play, you know, for opposing teams. And, you know, I just had the time in my life. I'm telling every, every guy that, that I coach, listen, when you go to college, enjoy it, slow it down because it's going to be the best time of your life. Never again will you have that much fun with no bills, you know? And so <laughs> that's just, uh, you know, that's how, I, that's how I describe it to him. But I mean, we, listen, we, we talk about it and, um, you know, even with Justin, when he was sick, you know, we had a chance to share some memories and stuff and, and Hawk came through and, you know, just getting us back together. And I got a picture that we took, uh, at Justin, at Justin's camp couple of years before he passed and um you know we were just reminiscing on you know just what we did and, and how hungry we were to make a winner in our state you know it was it was just important to us that people looked at mississippi and they saw young african-american kids that could be successful because i think the the stigma is that you can't be successful here you got to leave the state and that's what that's what i try to disprove every day as a player as a coach as a guy that's mentoring young men you know, be proud that you're from Mississippi. Represent the state and, you know, and show people, you know, where you're from. Because I get the question all the time, and I'm proud to say I'm from Mississippi. And they go, oh, you from Mississippi? Oh, yeah, I am. You know, and I'm I'm proud of it. I, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I've been all over the country, all over the world, and and, and I, I still make my home in Mississippi. I actually live in Clinton, Mississippi uh, right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm just thankful for what we were able to accomplish as, as, as three guys that just going up the highway and just, you know, putting in work and just trying, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't understand how big it was at the time, but looking back on it now, and I still see people and you'd be surprised how many people your age that I see and they see me and they are like, man, you were my hero growing up. And, and, and you know, that's, and that means a lot to me because it's like, I never really saw that side of it. Yeah. I talked to kids and parents and stuff this, this far down the line is just, it let me know that the impact that we had in the work that we put in, it was all worth it. Before I finish out my conversation with former Ole Miss guard, current Callaway head coach David Sanders, in this edition of Talk of Champions, let me tell you about Brennan Chapman of Olive Branch. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford and Olive Branch. That's right, Brennan. He spent eight years on the football staff at Ole Miss as a recruiting analyst, as he detailed brilliantly in a recent interview on this podcast. But he's out now. He's out of the game, having joined the family business, where his goal is to be with you through every step of the car buying experience, from purchasing to financing to servicing, all the way to the purchase of the next vehicle and the one after that. When you arrive on the lot at Homer Skelton Ford and Olive Branch, 
you'll quickly realize that this is a family business, which I can personally vouch for because I recently went through this process with Brennan. And I can safely say, if you're in his area, there's no one better to contact to help you find that car you've been searching for through someone you can trust. So reach out to him today at brennanchapman.com. That's B-R-E-N-N-O-N chapman.com. Whether it's shopping new or used, Brennan can help you out. That's Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford in Olive Branch. You bring up a really good point. It's the last thing I'll say about it. I don't look at David Sanders as the Callaway head coach, even though you're in your eighth season or entering your eighth season. You're the oldest basketball guard to me because that's what you were for my generation. Aaron Harper, same thing. And I think it's recency bias. Before there was Marshall Henderson, there was Aaron Harper. Before there was Murphy Holloway, there was Justin Reed. Before there was Tariqa White slam dunking on everybody, there was David Sanders. And you see all these lists come out about the greatest players in Ole Miss history. And, and I'm not taking away anything from any of those guys, but it's like we forget who put Ole Miss basketball on the map. And you look across the board now, David. I mean, you got the Jasons, Jason Flanagan, Jason Harrison, they're coaching. Aaron Boone's coaching. You're coaching. Ansu's going back to coach. I mean, all of these guys that made Ole Miss basketball great and I think that, to me, is the lasting legacy of not just your group, but the group that came before y'all, that special time in Ole Miss basketball history when it wasn't in vogue to go to Ole Miss and play basketball. Yeah, yeah. And I think you bring up a great point because, I mean, I don't, I don't think you realize how many of those guys. Coach Dick Allen just, just finished his first season coaching overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She uh, Ron Wilson, who's actually the manager on our team, he coaches up up in South Haven. I mean, just the whole group. I think it may be one or two guys out of that whole team that's not coaching, and it just speaks to the mentality and the mindset and the smarts of that group. You know, I mean, we just, you know, I I, I look I look at it like this, and I tell people like this. You know, even when they had the list and the poll coming out, and they were doing the, you know, the little I guess the little NCAA type poll with the players. I say, I tell you what. This is what you do. And this is my mindset. You line up anybody on that list and you put them in front of Justin Reed and you tell me they're going to win. That's what you do. You line them up. <laughs> you can line them up one by one. He's going to beat all of them. That guy there is the biggest competitor, the best player I ever played with. So if he, I didn't, I didn't even pay attention to it. I saw it a couple times on Twitter, but. I said, if he doesn't come out number one on that list, I I, I don't know. You talking about a one-on-one deal? Shoot, I've played Justin one-on-one. That's not fun. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, just you know, I just look at it, and even so, with our team, I just felt like, man, you line our team up that 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 Sweet Sixteen team up with any team in Ole Miss history, and I'm telling you right now, win, lose, or draw, it's gonna be a fight. It is gonna be a flat-out dog fight, and I feel like we'll come out on top. You know, some of those teams we were able to beat. And just seeing the look on guys' faces when they realize that, wait a minute, we can't beat this team. I mean, it, it was it was it was the strangest thing, like to see Kentucky coming in the tag pad and realize that, yeah, guys, you're gonna lose today. <laughs> it, 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 there's no way you can win. And just to see that look on their faces, what drove us? Because schools like that happened for so many years. They just came in and took whatever they wanted, you know, at Ole Miss. And, you know, we just – we wasn't having it. I mean, and it's just a sense of pride and, and a, you know, just taking ownership of, you know, hey, guys, we play basketball just like they do. 
you know, why why is it set in stone that they have to be better than us because they play at a different school? And so we wanted to put Ole Miss in that upper echelon of the SEC schools. And I think that year, that uh, that 2001 season, we were picked to finish last in the West. And we all noticed that. We looked at it. And it was an insult. And so we just decided we were going to go down the list and, uh, and just go team by team. And I think by midway through the season, you know, um, I think, you know what? I think it was that um, the game we lost to, I want to say it was South Carolina, I think it might have been, or somebody, somebody we should have beat that we lost. And that game, we would have won that game. We would have, we'd have cracked the top ten in the country. And we ended up ended up finishing number nine in the country, but we were so focused on that, and that loss hurt us so bad. We ended up getting back on track, and but I mean, just we, those are the goals that we had, and people just looked at us like we were crazy. But my thing was, you know, why not? And that was Coach Barnes uh, used to tell us all the time, like, guys, y'all just don't even believe y'all supposed to lose. Like, no, we not. I'm not trying to lose at all to anybody at any point, even in practice. You know what I mean? So. You know, it was it was a great thing. We had a great group of seniors already in there with the Flanagan, with Flanagan and, and and Jason Harrison was a junior and Raheem and you know, I mean, it was such a great mix of young guys and older guys and uh, you know, we just man, that that year was magical, man. We we enjoyed each other. It was it was camaraderie like no other, and you know, just to see the fans just pay. I mean, I was literally terrified when I when we got back from that. Uh, from that game that sent us to the Sweet 16, and we got off that plane. It was it was midnight almost, and I'm just I'm like, what is all that noise? I, you know, I'm looking like, what's going on? Because I wasn't the first person off the plane. I get off the plane, and it's just people as far as I can see. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, they but the people were there to support us. I mean, and that and that 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 meant a lot to us. We really wanted to win for the fans because we knew what Ole Miss meant to them. And it meant the same thing to us, you know. And I think that sometimes gets lost when you're dealing with these players that play at these. Listen, this, my I have an Ole Miss tag. I got an Ole Miss stick on the back of my truck. You know, I got old. My wife has had an Ole Miss shirt on yesterday. I mean, it's it's it's, it's family for me, and I still deal with a lot of those guys. I talk to a lot of those guys, and everywhere I go. And my my son, my older son, asked me the other day. He said, "Daddy, why does everybody know you? Everywhere we go, somebody knows you." And I told him, I said, it's because of my passion for basketball. I put everything I had into it, and it's still paying off for me to this day. And that's how I teach them. I said, well, you're going to get out what you put in. And we really put a lot into being a great team. And, you know, and I think it was great. Even for me as individually, you know, my my sophomore year, that year, Sweet 16, yeah, I think I was, was the worst three-point shooter in the, in the SEC. I think I made a shot under 20%. I think it was right at 20%. I didn't take a whole lot, but I, I was coming off a, a redshirt year, and so I was determined to come back and 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 play better and shoot better, because I felt like I could have you know helped the team more. And so I worked all summer, and I come back the next year, and I led the nation at like fifty six percent from three point, and finished uh, actually all time at Ole Miss. I think I finished in the top five three point percentage. So even that is a place where I can look back and see how hard work really pays off. And that's something that we carry over even in the life now. Like I said, people know me as Callaway coach now, but, you know, the the people that saw me play, I, I get a, a, a huge level of respect from the fans and the people that know me. And that means a whole lot to me because that's all, that, I always wanted to be a guy that could leave an, a lasting impression and not just a, a guy that was just on a roster. You know, leaving a lasting impression on our program is something that we always wanted to do. That's why, Ole Miss was a choice for us because we knew we could we could really leave a, leave our mark there. 
I'd be remiss if I let you go without asking. This is an historic time for the state of Mississippi. The flag has come down. What are your thoughts? I mean, this is a issue that is obviously one that has been divisive and controversial, but I think a long time coming. So for you, when you saw the flag come down and you saw the move made, what'd you think? Well, I thought it was a great move. Uh, I thought that, you know, a lot of people fought hard to get it done, and I definitely think it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, it's kind of been something that's kind of uh, – it's, it's been weighing heavy on me because even with what's going on – and it, don't get me wrong, it's something that needs to happen. It's a conversation that needs to happen, and it's something that we need to get better at. But you know just as well as I do, man, there are just some people that you're not going to change that, man. At least even trying to. But for the for the main part of society that wants to get along and wants to have a level playing field with everything, you know, I think it's a big step, especially for the state of Mississippi, because, you know, you still have a lot of discrepancies and a lot of things like that that some people just – and I talk to people all the time, and, they, and they'll tell me, and I have friends, you know, uh, you know, of all all colors and races, and, and and even some of the white guys that I know, would tell them, look, I just did, I really hadn't paid attention to it, and I think that's the main thing, just calling attention to it and li- allowing, you know, people to be able to step up and do what they can to help. And and I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, that said that this is not something that the African American community can fix. This has to be fixed by the white community. And and the things that I have seen over the past couple weeks from the community, from the white community, has really, really encouraged me because I understand that there's a lot of people that just really never knew the suffering and the pain that some people have went through. And when they recognized it and when they saw it, when the time came, they were ready to step up to the plate and do what it took. And even in my classes now, I've, I've been learning about the former governor, William Winter, who fought so hard to get equality. And, and if you think about it, you know, that's what this country is supposed to be about anyway. It's been on our, you know, in our motto for years, you know, liberty and justice for all. And I think that's all you can ask for. You know, even with my children, they go to school out here in Clinton, Mississippi, and having to explain things like that to them because, you know, they don't understand it. And and being and I don't want them to grow up in a world where race matters. I want them to grow up in a world where what you do, like just like Martin Luther King said, the content of your character will speak for you. And I've, you know, and I have experience. I'm not going to even uh, sugarcoat it, which I've experienced situations where I know that, you know, I wasn't treated fairly, you know, whether it be a job or getting a job or, or whatever it may be because of my color, you know what I'm saying? Now, what I've never allowed that to define me because I feel like, and this is this is the way I, just, I see it, you have bad people in every walk of life. You know, you have, you have bad police officers. You have, you have, I mean, you have bad teachers. You have bad, there's discrimination in every walk of life. And so I don't want my children also to grow up thinking that everything's going to be handed to them. You know what I mean? Because of whatever. And 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 that and that's just something that I try to instill in them. But I'm definitely proud of the progress that we are making now, and I feel like we have gotten to the point where the ball is actually rolling. And from there, I can't be more I can't be more proud than that because anything after that is going to be progress, you know. But for so long, that flag and I'm I'll be honest with you now, I've had people and talked to people that chose not to come to school in the state of Mississippi. I'm talking about guys from outside of the state 
because of things like the flag, you know, because their parents were just terrified about the stigma that, that was surrounding it. And I would always tell them, listen, man, Mississippi is a beautiful place to live. Even Jackson. Jackson gets a bad rap. I work in Jackson every day. I get out of my vehicle. I park my truck. I don't even lock my doors. Nobody bothers the bottom of my, my, my vehicle. I mean, you know, things that the stigmas that are surrounding our state and our city, you know, but when you actually get here and you actually get to experience some things, you know, yeah, there's, like I said, there's bad people that don't even walk alike. But at the same time, for the majority of this state, it's great people here. And that's what I like to, to see. That's why I like to take my team out of state. They travel, We travel and play. And everywhere we go, people will market how well my team, well-behaved my team is, how, how polite my guys are. And, I mean, just hotels, wherever. I mean, it's just it's a great thing for people to see. And I always bring those reports back to my principal and, and, and my school district and let them see what people are saying about us. Even when we went to the Senate uh, the last time I won the state, you know, I was telling them about how the people from ESPN, we played the ESPN that game, game that year, and the people, the behind-the-scenes people at ESPN, remarked about how respectful my boys were to the staff and the crew that was following us around. They, I mean, they made it a point to come and tell us, we love your team. And those are the things I feel like should get publicity in this state. A lot of times we don't we don't put that out there, but removing that flag, I think, is the first step in us really, really showing people how great of a place Mississippi is. He's David Sanders, head coach of Callaway, former Ole Miss guard. Thanks for doing this, man. I enjoyed the conversation. Let's do it again. Anytime, man. Like I told you, uh, sports talk is, is my second passion. So anytime you, you you want me on, man, just give me a call, man. I love, I enjoy talking to you, man. And uh, to the Ole Miss fans out there, I just want to let you guys know you got some good ones coming your way, man. You're going to gonna enjoy watching those guys play. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.